going to go to the uh, Dude Maker uh, uh, hotline here because George Webb is with us. He's uh, uh, he's he's always bright and bushy-tailed like a rabbit. <laughs> and he's early today, and uh, we have so much to catch up with uh, with George. Uh, George, you have been, I, I would say, a, a globetrotter, but not really a continent trotter the last 30 days. Uh, are you? Are, are, you're not back in your office because I don't see all the DARPA books. No, West Coast today, uh, or the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, I wanted to cover. I was up in uh, Nevada and Utah um, on the way to the Burning Man, uh, covering the billionaire uh, slush puddle that uh, <laughs> burning. Yeah, but that got locked out of that. So you know, various on sundry West Coast west of Rockies the last two weeks. You didn't have enough stuff on the East Coast <laughs> to keep you busy? I mean, my Lord, I can't even read all the Substack posts that, you, that you've been putting up. Well, you know, over the years, you know, as you do stories, and if you go and do a lot of different things, sometimes you writing a book, and I wrote a lot of these uh, booklets, if you will, 111 pages. It's a good way of collating everything so you don't forget it, and then you push it out. And so I had 50 of these things from seven years. And I and people said, well, where are Because I can't get them on Amazon anymore. Can you put them back out on your Substack? So I'm in the process of updating them, rereading them, updating them, adding editor's notes, updates, re researching uh, and updating the stories and putting them out there. So that's why there's, I think I've put out 10 now in the last uh, two weeks. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you started, you, 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 you're getting all artsy, uh, artsy fartsy and creative with Photoshop using the crystalline yeah. filter on all the, on the old, old photographs, which I think is really cool. Actually, it was so cool that I almost, I ran out of time that I was gonna take the, the, the little graphic image that we use to promote. Uh, our video interviews with people like you and I was going to I was going to crystallize it I was going to do what you did just as yeah. an, I'll do it in post uh, for the uh, for the video when it goes up on Rumble we'll, we'll do it so you've been a very busy guy and there's so much to catch up with you on on this I want to start here last you and I talked you were just going to court with Bob Malone now most people that especially new listeners to the Mike Church show and the Crusade channel Think that Dr. Robert Malone is one of the uh, is one of the heroes of the frontline doctor movement, and he came out against the vax, and he was at Senator Ron Johnson's uh, hearing in January uh, of last year. He's been on all these panels. He goes on uh, when the frontline doctors uh, were were throwing events. He was at the events. He's on TV, gives the interviews. No, no, no. The M uh, uh, the dash RNA. It's not what they're telling you. It is. You probably shouldn't do it. You know you have full informed consent and what have you here uh, but Malone is not who he made himself out to be it seems so the last you and I talked to you you were starting to dig into Malone's past and finding out that he was associated with the development of all manner of, of lethal substances it seems and you were just reporting it and this caused Malone to, to basically sue you try because you were trying for defamation or whatever he was trying to or he was suing you over and that's where you and i left it but because this last time you and i spoke was in june so it's been two yeah. months so w update us what's happened what's going on with the malone case what's going on with malone well um, so it's the other way around i sued malone oh you sued malone okay right and the reason is um 
he he kind of had a, a kind of a conniption fit. And when I was in South Africa, uh, working with the Pfizer, the two suits in uh, South Africa, I met with two big groups of people in South Africa with the Pfizer folks. He said I was stalking him and then started putting out and retweeting all these people who had said I'd murdered my partner. I was involved with 9-11 with my brother. Um, uh, I committed a series of felonies. I'm, I'm, I'm stalking him. I'm in South Africa, literally 8,000 miles away. So I'd only been within 500 feet or maybe 1,000 feet of him one time, and that was to a press event he invited me to, and I had a press pass. And when I got there, I flew in, and I got there. They said, you can't come in, and I left. So is that stalking or is that, I don't know. Uh, but, the, but Mike, you're right. The, the background of him is he's really been developing vaccines for the Defense Threat Reduction Agency in what I call the virus vaccine game. He's not on the virus side. He's not pushing out viruses and spreading viruses or anything like that. He's developing the countermeasure, the military countermeasure, and getting billions of dollars of contracts for that. He says that. So all of a sudden, uh, in November of 2011, he says, hey, I'm your anti-vax guy. I'm your white knight. I'm the shining horse. Little did he mention that during January of 2020, when this thing was first breaking out, he had his own vaccine in the in the in the hunt. Um, so, what was it? Is, what was it? Um, Inovio is the uh, vaccine with Stanley Plotkin, and I mean, Stanley Plotkin with Inovio, that goes all the way back to all those incredible experiments in Congo. You know, with uh, you know, people with colonial rule making them take vaccines. Uh, prisoners, prisoners, women, prisoners, women, prisoners, babies. I mean, you can't uh, Stanley Plotkin's career, the godfather of vaccines. Uh, so he doesn't tell you about that. He doesn't tell you he was uh, given money by the U.S. government for this domain program, D-O-M-A-N-E, uh, to come up with safe and effective countermeasures to flatten the curve in January of 2020. Now, does that sound like ivermectin? Does that sound like hydroxychloroquine, two things off the shelf that we could readily use? Yes. He started with those things on the shelf, and by the time he was done, 18 months later, they were gone. Um, and so he, he, he talks a good game, but if you drill down, it's completely the opposite. So uh, today's Substack, for example, there's this uh, lipid nanoparticle. And apparently Malone was developing back in the 1980s, and the, as you say, it's the backbone of uh, the vaccination battle between Moderna and, and Pfizer. What is this stuff that you call, is it Vical or Vical? Vical. Vical. Okay, Vical. What is Vical? Vical was a company that Bob Malone went to, and they took some technology uh, that kind of he says he started at salk institute so he was a graduate student not even a phd yet this is when in the late 80s mid 80s he's 26 25 so he's saying that he he was the guy who came up with all these groundbreaking uh insights when he's working for these nobel laureates inder verma like a nobel laureate at salk institute but they leave there and they go to this you know, a lot of times Salk came about because of the polio vaccine, and it's a it's a private company, a foundation. They they go in and they commercialize it to a to a, a money making enterprise. That was Vical, and there was two scientists there, three, 
that really did the work. And I'm a stickler for the facts. I mean, right. uh, the, this guy named Phil Fellner, this other guy named Gary Rhodes, and this other guy named John Wolf. Well, Rhodes and Wolf are dead now. And uh, Fellner has been kind of pummeled into the corner through threats of litigation. So he's the last guy standing. You know, the last guy standing in the unit where everybody's wiped out in the war is the hero of the battle, right? Right, right. <laughs> hey, I did everything. <laughs> so that's another one that Bob Malone was a kind of a postgraduate and really wasn't a part of. They put him on the patent, and this is his whole claim to the Pfizer uh, Moderna patent infringement for lipid, lipid nanoparticle, which is being contested right now. But, you know, a lot of times they put the, the underling of the postgraduate, the, the test tube swirler, on a patent. And that's really the case. So to make this out, uh, you know, from 1989, that now he's, what, 35 years later, uh, that he did all this incredible breakthrough work when all these other Nobel laureates were the ones that did the heavy lifting is, is a big stretch. And this is his number one focus Number one media focus. I did it. I did it. So George Webb, investigative journalist on our Dude Maker Hotline. Uh, the sub, uh, he's on Substack. George Webb, two Bs. dot Substack. dot com. Uh, well, that's how we all met him. He was the inventor of M RNA or mRNA or the technology behind mRNA. That's. I mean, that was. He was handing business cards out. Hey, I'm the guy, kind of like Dr. Shiva hands been. I invented email. Uh, there's Malone going, I, hey, hey, guys, me. It's dangerous stuff, but I invented it, I, which I never got. I'm like, dude, you saying you invented this stuff? Every mammal that you injected it into in the trials died prematurely. Am I right? Well, there's a very bad history, and of course, it's part of gene therapy, and, and the folks in the military really want this because it's it has the ability of fast reaction, a fast countermeasure. Uh, but if you look at Bob Malone's resume, uh, just uh, two years, a year and a half before, he doesn't even mention mRNA. His curriculum vitae, all of his greatest achievements, he, he lists them all out, working at the Winberg Cancer Lab and the Breast Cancer Lab there. Uh, you know, he doesn't mention the 9-11 and the plane that lands there while he's working there uh, <laughs> yeah, 15 miles away but how do you leave that off if it's if you're the inventor of this thing how do you leave that off and none of his previous res res uh, resumes have it either so it's almost like they said bob we want you to be the guy who was the lightning rod for the anti-vax community and the injured community so that we can control the opposition so and, th that was yeah. where I was going with this. Is it your take through your investigation to the facts that Malone was like a, almost like a plant, that he was controlled opposition that was sent into the battle against vaccines, especially against the vaccine mandates, as the heroic guy who was going to tell everybody, I know, I admitted it, it's me, hey, no, don't take it, don't take it. So, but you just said it before I could get the question out. He, you, so your investigation leads you to believe he is controlled opposition, correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's incredible. Because, yeah, because he, he came out and knew a lot of things about the vaccine before it ever, uh, and I'm talking about um, uh, antibody dependent enhancement. He wrote a very uh, technical white paper. Uh, in January 2020, uh, this is before anybody even had the sequence. He had a how it, the side effects occur. 
that seems like an insider who's gotten uh, foreknowledge mm-hmm. uh, about what's going to happen. The other thing is he wrote a book about coronavirus for Valentine's Day in 2020, when, again, nobody knew anything about the vac- the virus. Uh, and he talked about how famotidine, you know, the thing that uh, you take for um, uh, Pepsid AC for heartburn, uh, would be potentially effective. Well, where was he getting that information? His lifelong buddy, or at least for the last 10 years, his CIA buddy, he's not CIA, he's Defense Threat Reduction Agency, but he has this buddy, 10 years or more, named Michael Callahan at the CIA, who's doing these experiments in China. Well, can you see what looks like happening here? It looks like the intelligence agencies are running a, an op in China, and then when they get it all worked out and perfected, they're going to run the op in the United States. Right. And, and so that's where he's getting his early knowledge. And he doesn't mention that. He doesn't say I've had the CIA buddy for 10 years, Michael Callahan in China. Um, and, and so he, you know, it, it, Bob Malone's problem is facts. That, that's my only issue is if he would just stick to the facts and tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, the whole truth. He leaves out critical decades. He leaves decades out. Uh, where a whole bunch of joint ventures occurred, USAID predicted the program, 10 years between the U.S. State Department and China for developing 20,000 different spikes. 20,000, not, not five, not 10, not 100, 20,000. So it's just the facts. That's my only problem with Bob Malone. And I'll keep, no matter how the lawsuit turns out, we're still battling it out in court. Um, he's ducking, uh, getting served. Uh, but... I'm not going to change my stance on that. The facts are the facts. Let's get, okay. Uh, folks, if you're shocked what you just heard, wait, hold on. You haven't heard anything yet. For all of you that are fans of Vivek Ramaswamy, I didn't even know this. Uh, apparently, Vivek Ramaswamy made his multi-bazillions with two companies called Genevant or Genevant and Arbutus or Arbutus. How do you say them? Arbutus. Arbutus. Yeah. And what, well, no, what do the two companies, wait, what do the two companies do? Well, they're all biotechs. And okay. it's, a, it's a, actually a suite of 15 different companies he's involved in. So um, it's the Roviant. They're all in an A-N-T, so they, um, or V-A-N-T, so they're, they're, they're the Vance, his, his whole suite of companies. Okay. This is a completely untold story. This is how he made all of his money. It would be like Trump becoming the presidential candidate not knowing he did hotels, you know, not knowing he did a hotel, in, you know, in Chicago and not knowing he did a hotel in New York and did hotels around the world. So it's important, you know, just for vetting purposes to know where the candidate's coming from. But he started making money in uh, rare disease uh, type drugs uh, and drugs that had been sort of jettisoned by big pharma after they had put a lot of money in them. And then the, the, the drug trials had failed. And what he was doing is these are billion-dollar drugs that a lot of money put into them. He would buy them for $5 million, pennies on the dollar, and then relaunch them. Uh, that's how he made his first $360 million as a 29-year-old. Wow. That's a lot of cash. It is a and lot of cash. Yeah. And, and the consistency which with he does this, buys things that were billion-dollar drugs for $5 million, pennies on the dollar, and then turns around and makes some billion-dollar drugs again, it's too often, you know, it's sort of like the guy who, Jeff Epstein winning the Massachusetts lottery 
twice in one week. You know, <laughs> you kind of say, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> or if you're on the, if you're a fan of the TV show Lost, it'd be kind of like Hurley getting the numbers, two sets of numbers on b b before two different uh, plane flights and, and winning the lottery. Okay, right. so there's Roviant, there's Aravent, there's Genovent. So these are drugs. Uh, and that Ramaswamy, so he, he comes in, he buys low, and he sells high. But he's not the actual creator of any of those. So these are these are pharmaceuticals that have been created by the by the by the bigs. Now, why do the bigs abandon them if they're billion dollar drugs? Though, that's why uh, uh, our listeners want to under want to understand. Well, why did the bigs bail on something that was a billion dollar product? Side effects. Side effects. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, wait a minute. You're and, saying they care about that? Since when? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, since they're in court, and okay. yeah, yeah, then they care. And what and contamination. So you only need to hire one guy who is kind of has a screw loose like Jordan Walker. I call it spiking the vax. Okay, you only need to have one guy spike the vax to cause some kind of temperature anomaly during the process where the mm -hmm. proteins that normally fold in a at a certain temperature now they don't fold right and now they're screwed up like prions you know uh and then then it causes a whole bunch of of side effects and then you buy the drug for five million dollars and now you don't have jordan walker going and spike the vax right <laughs> now you get the billion dollar drug now i'm not saying jordan walker did it but uh, you that you only need a jordan walker being the guy who was on the james o'keefe uh, pfizer org chart uh, but you only need one person to spoil the broth. And Spike Vax is the actual, I mean, you can't believe if this is a CIA op, they're actually using the word Spike and Vax. And that it defines the code for the uh, Spike protein that's at the center of this lawsuit between Moderna and Pfizer. And it's at the center of the lawsuit. There's claims by Ramaswamy's company for Spike Vax for Genovant and Arbutus. So all the marbles here for all of the vaccines out there depend on this one spike vax uh, ruling, and, it, and we're still in court on that. Now, is, is this uh, where we pick up with the nanolipid particle? Is, is, is it all that's based the, on that? That's the other side of the coin here. Um, uh, you think of it like Adam and Eve and 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 God and Adam is injecting. Okay. I, I don't want to get too graphic here. <laughs> a lipid nanoparticle, a, a a spike, if you will, or or a genetic message, right? Because that's how we get babies. Yeah. Encased in a lipid nanoparticle, a fat particle, okay. basically. And the reason the reason the woman's. Uh, doesn't attack it is because the lipid nanoparticle protects it. So there's an argument to be made here that this whole technology goes back to Adam and Eve or whoever you want to say of the first two humans. We'll go with Adam and Eve. Genesis is cool with us. I like I like <laughs> you. Genesis is pretty clear. On yeah, this. I think Genesis is good. Good source. Yeah. It's the only written account we have, so we'll go with that one. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's literally what we're arguing over here. There's genetic information inside of a, of a fat coating and, and the lipid nanoparticle is one of the battles. And then the other battle is over the actual genetic message. So um, the lipid nanoparticle is the VICAL, and then the spike vax is the actual spike protein. 
So this is very, okay, so for those of you that are trying to follow all this, with Robert Malone, with Pfizer, with Moderna, which is, by the way, a court battle now, and they have billions of, not billions, tens of billions of dollars are at stake Maybe here. Trillion. Maybe, Maybe a trillion. Maybe a trillion. Maybe the first trillion dollars. Because you, you take every person who got it, and then you the judge assigns a value. Oh, that's uh, $100 that that Pfizer didn't get, or Moderna didn't get, that Pfizer made. Oh, okay, got it. You, you see what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Um, but to add to this, now you throw Vivek Ramaswamy in, who's impressive in uh, the presidential, the Republican Party debate. He is now polling in double digits. He's polling at 15% and a Reuters, and a Hammer Reuters poll. He's polling at 16% and an Ipsos, um, or oh, I forget about Penn State, in an Ipsos poll. His real clear RCP average has got him at like 14 or 15%. He was in single digits a month ago. So you could say that he's the candidate that surged. As a matter of fact, he's in third place, solidly behind, behind uh, Ron DeSantis or Ron DeSanctimonious, depending on whose side you're on. But he's a very complicated guy because you think he came out of nowhere. He didn't come out of any, nowhere. He was also one of the first that was out there telling people to mask up in April of 2020. It's on his Twitter. Now, he tried to delete it, but it's still, but you know the Wayback Machine has it. You can't get rid of that. You can't get away with anything. So we know that Ramaswamy was on the bandwagon for for the mask and at least for the the initial part of the lockdown. Now he talks a good game now, but I think you know I don't know. Are you on his trail on this stuff? I know you've oh, yeah. written some about it. Big time. <clears throat> I'm I'm on all the Roviant companies, and um, no, I'm all for these drugs to for rare diseases and I'm all for cancer and I, you know, cancer, anti cancer drugs and so forth. The problem is, is that a lot of them don't work and a lot of them get marketing hype and a lot of them uh, use mice that are super mice that don't die no matter what you throw at them because they've been cultured that way. And then, so then when they make it through the trials and the animal testing, the humans, they have the side effects. Uh, so this is a, an unknown, another unknown story in the whole uh, pharma game. There's a lot of other effective therapies that need to be pushed, not big pharma. Uh, uh, using cry cryo methods uh, to uh, shoot metastatic growth in your, uh, in your organs before they become three centimeters, using the laser to shoot them, burn them, ablate them. These technologies work and you walk out cancer-free, but you got to have the screening, right? So, so I'm out there saying, hey, uh, it can't always be the drug being pushed, 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 right? And then if it doesn't work, well, we'll push another one and then we'll make another billion on, on the next one and we'll rig the, the FDA approval process. And his is that approach. He's big pharma all the way. Um, it's, it's funny when I, the campaign got to back to me. He goes, how can you possibly say VBEC is big pharma? I said, well, do you have 15 drug companies that are all billion dollar companies? I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess to me, it's big pharma. Maybe to him, that's small pharma. Uh, but that's, that's my big uh, problem with Ramaswamy is he's not telling the whole story. There's so much uh, uh, here. As I said, it's been two months since we talked, so there's a lot of catching up to do with George Webb, investigative journalist here on the Mike, Mike Churchill on the Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio the way it should be. See, this is why live works here, because he can't take it back. 
<laughs> we don't do second take. Hey, hey, hang on. Can I do that one again? No, no, it already went out, which, which kind of puts the pressure on it, and I like that. Which I want to put the pressure on you because I mentioned this about six weeks ago, and I got a basket full of hate mail. I said, George Webb left me hanging. Something about America's backseat doctors. You left me hanging with what's going on with Dr. Shimon Gold and America's frontline doctors. Because, again, Malone was one of the frontline doctors. There's some of the frontline doctors I still talk to. I still talk to, uh, uh, I'm not sure he actually was in the on the founding, but Dr. Peter McCullough, we've had him as a guest here on the show. Dr. Ryan uh, went to, went to, from Montana. Come on, Dr. Ryan. These are good men, I think. Yes. Uh, they're really in on the fight. And uh, they became associated with America's frontline doctors. But some came out on the George Webb Substack about America's frontline doctors and Shimon Gold. You said America's backseat doctors. Um, if you followed up, I didn't see it, but what what can you tell our listeners about that? Because many many of them rely and have gone to America's frontline doctors. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, the concept of people prescribing ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine at a time when it was not okay is very brave and good. And I'm all for that. Yes. And I respect those doctors. And uh, Dr. McCullough, I love him. He's been very active. And Ryan Cole, same way. Um, where I get into the problem with Simone Gold is she took all the money and basically lived a very lavish lifestyle with the money that she was getting from people um, coming into the organization who are giving to the organization so they could promote that message. Um, I worked very closely with a frontline doctor. Her, she didn't want to be named, but um, Karma Doc is her. I've been to her farm in Michigan and so forth. Helped build a deck on her farm and everything. <laughs> so, so I mean, I know. I mean, I hung around a lot of frontline doctors, and I understand and appreciate how people say, "Hey, they were my only source." Yes. Yeah. So I get that part. The part I don't get is how why she needed to have a private plane. Uh, why she needed to buy this, uh, you know, tw uh, these houses in in Florida uh, that were very, very multi-million dollar houses. Two of them uh, have uh, huge expense uh, accounts. Uh, that that sort of thing. It's just sort of a. And I backed off of. And so that's why I said the backseat doctors because what you really need to do is is pick a lane. Do you want to be the crusading doctor that's going to be saving people's lives? Or do you want to be somebody who's living, taking the money and living high on the hog with, I mean, private planes and multi-million dollar houses. And, and then I, I backed off on Simone gold because I decided, you know, that's not the fight. I took the post down because that's not the fight. I really, there's bigger fish to fry in terms of corruption, put right. it that way. You know, she's, she may be taking private planes and people who give them this money is not getting to where they think it is, but there's uh, bigger things going on here like Moderna, Pfizer. Yeah. And there's a big thing going on with Moderna, Pfizer, the most, uh, again, if you're following this, as he said, could be a trillion dollar lawsuit. Something very interesting has happened here on, on, the, way to, on, on the way to paradise for these people, though. They have now incurred the wrath of one Don John of Mar-a-Lago. Now, Trump is now out there saying, we need to investigate. We need to know what the side effects were and did they lie about the side effects. He's actually out there now saying what 
your humble host has suggested, if you want to win a lot of people's trust back, Mr. President, you got to say, one, you were sandbagged by Pence and that gang. You got to say, number two, they lied to you about Operation Warp Speed. They did not give you full disclosure about the vaccine, even though you say you took it and got a booster. And that they also lied to you about the side effects. So he made that. That is on his website this morning. He is now asking for an investigation into the side effects and what Moderna and what Pfizer knew and when did they know it. So you don't want him as an enemy. Um, uh, I'm, I think it's a positive development because they had him as an asset, an ally, and maybe he's seen the light. I don't know. Did you see this? Did you see Trump's release? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I agree with you wholeheartedly on check all those boxes. Trump does need to say, "Hey, um, I got talked into this. I'm not a I'm not a medical expert. I've never rolled out a vaccine before. The only thing I can do is go to people who have a plan already, a military plan." And he did. He got Paul Mango in, uh, and Paul Mango was a military guy from West Point and ran the program uh, right down Army Army Materiel Command out of Huntsville, Alabama. And they said, "Let fly." So Trump was sort of like. I, I can't do the invasion at Normandy Beach. Eisenhower has a plan here. He says five different beaches, you know, in Normandy. Oh, you know, green light. I mean, but you can't, <laughs> you know, you can't say, well, it's Trump's fault <laughs> that they, Utah Beach, you know, they didn't have the, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? The details he can't be held responsible for. And I agree with you. If he came out and just said that, people would understand that. But this is um, with Trump coming behind here. Trump's breaking away even with his huge 40-point lead he's still adding to it so that's kind of an unbelievable ramaswamy's kind of picking up all the um coalescing the other five candidates support collateral damage (laughs) yeah yeah and and but when when it's all said and done we're going to find out that the work i was doing down in florida in a little town called alachua florida is where the the contractor, the military contractor was, it's resilience, it's nano AMD, it's uh, nano advanced development and manufacturing, it's it's three or four different names, Oligo. Um, they're basically cut out, defense cut out names for these countermeasures. And Bobby Kennedy's right, the Pfizer and Moderna just slapped labels on these. They were made by a military contractor. So they're gonna find out that that company is associated with Bob Malone and has been for for the last 10 years. That's incredible. Uh, Let me just share with you. I think I may have told you this before. Uh, When they first started with this, with the the vaccine, and when I first learned a a little bit about it, one of the things I told the audience, this was just instinct. This instinct kicks in. I'm saying, and we found out about the labs in Ukraine, the the bio labs in Ukraine or what have you here. We already knew about the gain-of-function labs in China. But I was saying, folks, if the military is developing the thing as a weapon, it also has people that are developing a what? An antidote to it. You have to have an You can't send guys out in the field to go gas people with a bioweapon and not have an antidote. So if they were developing the spike protein as a weapon or to weaponize it, as many people, they're, they're, they came after us with a military-grade virus. Well, then they simultaneously developed the antidote, the vaccine. You just confirmed it. <laughs> what you just said, George, George Webb, investigative journalist, you just confirmed it. Yes. And that is exactly right. And to be even more specific, the coronavirus with the spike protein was developed to aerosolize. Because in the days of recombinant genetics, 
I can take the spike from coronavirus and I can take the payload of that makes you sick from anthrax. Wow. I can aerosolize anthrax. Uh, or sorry, yeah, uh, I can take some other thing like Com Congo Crimea hemorrhagic fever or Ebola. I can aerosolize Ebola potentially. So, so that's the thing is it's sort of the little sh NATO's little shop of horrors here. You can mix and match. So you could take the spike from influenza or you could pick the spike from coronavirus. Those are your spike choices for aerosolizing. And there's other viruses that have spikes for aerosolizing. You see what I mean? So, yes. so you, that and it's really important for, like you say, bioweapons and warfare to aerosolize because you can't go now hear this enemy. We want you to take this vaccine. <laughs> no, we're not. You have to have it because everybody has to breathe the air. And, and uh, so, so this is hand in hand. I call it the virus vaccine game. And yes. you can take that from, yeah, you take that from the battlefield and just move that into the commercial sector. That is, it, 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 you don't want to believe any of this. You don't want to believe people are actually capable of doing this. They are. Yes. And they're in power. They're in control. All right. Uh, I, I always ask you for half an hour. You always give me 40 minutes anyway. So I got I have one more little, <laughs> little two forks in the road. I'm a native okay. of New Orleans. I was born here. So when you started with the Jim Garrison thing and the, uh, let me make sure I get the, uh, uh, the story correct. Uh, uh, Webb's Oswald in New Orleans. <laughs> so I, I read it. It was a short substack that you wrote. I'm trying to, it must be one of the ones that you published that was collecting dust. What about Oswald in New Orleans? Uh, uh, what's, what, what's the point? Well, it turns out that story is really not, I didn't go down there uh, to cover Oswald or try to redo the Kennedy assassination. I, I went to cover... Because uh, Oliver Stone got it right. Part of it. Part yeah. of it, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you never could quite mention Oswald and CIA since 1957. I mean, that seems like the McCone memo would be the first thing out of your mouth if you're trying to tell the story, because then you would start understanding you know, there's Little Red Riding Hood. She's a little girl with a red cape. You know, it's like <laughs> you don't start out by saying, well, there's this person who kind of looked like Red Riding Hood. And it turns out middle part of the story, it's the wolf. Right. right, right. So, so, yeah. But I went there to interview an author, Ed Haslam, who had wrote about this thing called Dr. Mary's Monkey, which is this whole thing of bringing in these Nazi scientists into New Orleans. They brought them into a lot of the different labs, but there's a lab at Tulane where, you know, you're in New Orleans and uh, across the water from you. Tu like, That's where I am. No, no, I'm not in New Orleans. I am. Their lab is down the street. The Tulane Research Center, uh, uh, Reese's oh, Monkey you're Research on the other Center. Side. Yes, I am you're on the on, other side. You're on the other side of the Potter Chain. I'm bridge. exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Well, that's the whole the whole book takes place there, right? Really, and and the idea is that these Nazis are going to take the old stuff that they were injecting in humans, move it into monkeys, and then reintroduce it in humans uh, to make it look like it, it escaped from the monkeys. This is a way of shadowing their background and coming from the death camps and so forth. So, and we'll create the pharmaceutical industry from this because once you put the, the virus out there, then you have to have the vaccine, right? And, and Oswald gets involved in this with testing, um, at least according to the book, uh, with this mental, uh, mental patients. Uh, you know, they test on prisoners, they test on mental patients for these drugs. They've always been a part of 
big pharma's development. And then there's this linear accelerator at Tulane that actually can make genetic changes. Back then, they didn't understand DNA very well. Um, they knew about DNA, but they just knew that if they whacked it with these linear accelerators, it would make changes, and then they could come up with new, new wacky things. So that's what this, that's what I went down there uh, to look into. And then uh, there's these monkey viruses, supposedly. They're trying to explain how the polio vaccine, um, and this is in Ed's book, how, how so many people got cancer. Mm. So the gist of the book was, wait, we were taking this so our kids wouldn't get polio, so they wouldn't be in iron lungs. But then later on, 20, 30 years later, they all end up getting these cancers. And Ed's theory is, is that the simian virus 40 from all these monkeys being so close together in cages is how um, these all these soft tissue cancers then happen 20, 30, 40 years later. Now, I disagreed with Ed, but I respect him tremendously. I say it came from HeLa cells, which are much more infective and much more cause a turbo cancer of 20 times faster than any other cancer. So we're we're still fighting that one out. But that was Oswald, his take on it wasn't anything on the assassination. It was Oswald dealing with this guy named Danny Ferry or David Ferry, who was literally uh, trying to come up with, well, he was bringing leaders from South America that were getting sick. The Nazis were poisoning these leaders in South America so that they could put their guy in. And they're flying him back to Tulane. And that's what David Ferry was doing in this airplane. So there's a whole side of the Kennedy assassination, and especially New Orleans, which has to do with biochemistry or, and, you know, these viruses and vaccines, that is not the Dallas story. Wow. And that's the story I was trying to shed some light on. Well, there's a couple of things that you, that you said. I don't know if you know this. Back in the 60s, when the Tulane Primate Research Center, which is right down the road, I say right down the road, it's five miles from here, uh... The state of Louisiana's mental health hospital is on this side of the lake. It's in Mandeville. It's in Old Mandeville. It's ten minutes from the Rhesus, from the from the Tulane Primate Center. So when you said they can experiment, uh, experiment on mental patients, well, they had a they drive it right down the road. They can move it right down the street. So that's one thing. Uh, and then the other thing is, you mentioned Bobby Kennedy. You know, RFK Jr. Uh, said something, and he said, "Go back and get the tape." Go watch and watch the tape, and listen to why, why, what my father said why he was running for president. He was not running for president to fix this that Johnson had done. He was running for president because the Warren Commission lied, and he said the only way I'm ever going to find out who killed my brother and why is is if I become president. So RFK Jr. said that and shocked the world. This is just three weeks or four weeks or so ago, reminding people that Bob, that Bobby Kennedy Sr. had said these things. Um, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> there's your admission right there. Well, John John also. Uh, John John, the son of John F. Kennedy, uh, starting George Magazine, that was a, a veiled you know, pointer at George H.W. Bush. Um, I wondered he, why he called it George. Didn't yeah. know that. And uh, I've spoken with Wayne Madsen, who was one of 10 investigative journalists that John John was going to hire um, for this exact same reason, for George Magazine. They wanted to spice it up a little political intrigue in Washington, make it Washington kind of glitzy and sexy a little bit. 
especially after you know uh, John John died. But that was what. If you talk to the people who actually worked at the magazine, and I have interviewed him, that was what he was on about. Wow. And Bobby Kennedy, every once in a while, talks about Bobby Kennedy Jr. talks about this. Um, and he his popularity goes up because it's still a big question. Because if that was a murder by the CIA, then every president after that is illegitimate to some extent. So it's a it's a big question in American history. It's not just a conspiracy theorist you know interest it's about how does power happen in america if you don't if you don't stop a murder then well then everything after is probably an operation just not as obvious right so i think that's why people have a right to know and i wish they would release the documents so uh trump tried to release and they did release some of them i mean we got 55 pages of previously unreleased uh, and redacted stuff and i, I was like what, what it's 50 years ago. These people are probably dead. Who cares? Uh, okay, uh, so much uh, the, uh, of, of, of what you just said about uh, about the illegitimate elections and uh, about the CIA's role. Um, and we could go on uh, for a long time with this, but the CIA is running the show in many instances here, still in the United States. I mean, to, to me, there's no doubt about it. So I want to leave you with this. I'm going to give you a task. <laughs> Maybe You may have already started it. You wrote the books on DARPA. I want you to go watch season four, episode five and six of Person of Interest with Jim Caviezel. And Michael Emerson as the guy that invents his AI machine. Because this is right out of a George Webb novel. The algorithm internet company, the internet company invents, remember Maggie? Invents the algorithm that they pick up on, on children on social media searching for things about suicide. The algorithm runs to return bad results to encourage them to pursue to, to, to keep the suicide hopes or to keep the suicide suicidal thoughts alive. So the tech company is intentionally feeding this crap and it's, it's populating the feed of the, of the young people that are searching for, they're looking for answers for uh, why they feel like they want to kill themselves. Well, it's the computer telling them to do it. Basically, then they come along and then they hook up with a pharmaceutical company and bammo, they enlist the psychiatrist of the United States into prescribing the anti-suicide drug. And this is all being driven by an AI. It's in the AI is running the algorithm in the background. They call it the machine in the in the show Person of Interest. There's two machines. There's one that's uh, the machine, and there's the other one that is uh, that the the evil. The, the, basically, they took cigarette so smoking man from the X Files and gave him a new show, gave him a new role in the um, uh, in, in in Person of Interest. And the role they gave him in Person of Interest was, was uh, he runs this thing. Um, and this, he's trying to run this machine, and he gets he cons the government into get into giving it the government's data. And they call the machine, ironically enough, Samaritan. <laughs> I'm going like, you talk about a wolf in sheep's clothing. But the point is, is that the big tech company develops the algorithm. The AI helps to develop the algorithm to feed the mania or to feed the thought that they want, and then they sell that info, or they, tell them, they, they, they basically make a deal with a pharmaceutical company to make a drug to deal with the crisis that they created. 
that's DARPA. I mean, that's what you've been writing about. Am I right? <clears throat> yeah. And uh, that sort of Hegelian dialectic problem, you know, uh, crisis solution, mm -hmm. pre-planned pre pre solution, has been uh, famous since Hitler burned the Reichstag. I mean, Hitler always said, we were just eight guys around the table, Reichstag, we wouldn't have, you know, uh, gone to power. A series of, of shocks, a, a series of things that make people so outraged that they say, well, we've got to do something about this. Right, right. 9-11 is a great, great example. Uh, you know, we've got to do something about airport security. We've got to do something about bioweapons, you know, uh, because of anthrax. So so this has been used again and again. And it, I, I did write a book about this, actually. But okay, not, about, <laughs> not about this one. I, I did write, it was called uh, Less Tragedy, More Hope, about this Hegelian dialectic thing that they keep using. But, um, yeah, the AI, uh, you know, ChatGPT and some other things uh, start getting real close to what you're saying here. And uh, the NSA had PRISM, which is the collection. Right. And that's very scary close. And then if you look at the anti-psychotic drugs that have been pushed over the years, and, you know, and it's the Dr. Peter Bragans of the world that Bob Malone is suing, by the way, who have been the ones that stood up and said, no more. You know, hey, you're, you're using everybody like Mandeville. You know, you're using everybody as test dummies, <laughs> as test monkeys. Um, because they would go from one arm, uh, monkey arm, over to the Mandeville, human arm, uh, in this in this kind of cycle. And, and uh, so I, I, I promise you, Mike, um, next time we come back to the show, I'll, I'll watch the uh, episodes and we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it. It's a it's a good show. I think you, you probably would uh, get a kick out of the AI and how it develops and what it does. Because you watch it and go like, this is this is a documentary. This isn't fiction. <laughs> they made this. They said, the first episode aired in 2010, so uh, it, it predates us. But it just goes like, no, dude, they had AI 15 years ago. They're lying. Hey, that's the, that didn't just uh, Elon. You're wrong. It didn't just come out. You're lying. They had it 15 years, at least 15 years ago. As powerful yeah. as they're as they're supposedly scared of today, they had it 15 years ago. Yeah, it's it's how one controls many. AI is a force multiplier, and it can be used for for bad. I'll just make one correction. I don't write novels because I'm nonfiction. I did try <laughs> one novel. All right, and it failed miserably. It was it was about two lab. Uh, 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 folks in Mobile, Alabama, it was called a Romance Mobile. And I thought I really did a great job. It's horrible. No, it didn't sell one. No one. Okay. All right. We'll stick with the DARPA books. All right. He is George Webb, George Webb, investigative journalist. When are you heading back to the East Coast, or to, or to oh, where you're from? Where where you? Where, uh, yeah, within the next week, maybe. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of people. Seymour Hersh. Uh, I, I wrote a little book in there about you know uh, how I got on the road he said look nobody's going to drop the biden blackberry in your lap right well, uh, he didn't did. say biden blackberry. <laughs> but nobody's going to drop a story in your lap uh in portland oregon uh, in washington dc if you're you know they chuckled you know you're covering washington dc from portland oregon that's a good yeah. point <laughs> you know? that's a good point hirsch all right well we're yeah. glad to have you back george uh, find him on substack georgewebb.substack.com Safe travels. Uh, God bless. And we'll uh, stay clear of Malone. <laughs> and we'll hope to talk soon. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're always you're always welcome. I appreciate that. that.